It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 28th of December. The final show of 2018, I believe it is. And not a very good one to talk about last night. We'll try to have some fun nonetheless. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky little numbers on this daily podcast of the Utah Jazz. When you get in your car, you can just tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Jazz. Or if you got one of those Alexa or Google things for Christmas, you can tell your podcast, your tell them to play podcast Locked on Jazz. So thank you very much uh, for tuning in. Thanks very much for 2018. I'm not going to do a show on New Year's Eve. We fly that day to Toronto. Um, and so I'm not going to do a show that day. And then probably will not do a show the first in Toronto. And we'll do a show for you back on the second. We'll come back your direction. Uh, I just want to thank you. Uh, this has been a tremendous year for Locked on Jazz. Uh, I want to thank you for any of you listening to any of our other podcasts on the podcast network as we have grown uh, both listenership and revenue in dramatic fashion. And uh, might have actually built a company that's that's got a little something to it. So uh, couldn't have done that without your support here locally. All of the Locked on Podcast Network is really a, a sign of, of your support of this show and then allowing me to have the belief to take it uh, somewhere else, and I super appreciate that from you, and appreciate your uh, your kind of ongoing support that eggs me on and makes me believe uh, that we have something that's worth something. So thank you truly very, very much uh, for what has been an incredible uh, 2018. Uh, now let's get to what was not a very pretty performance by Utah last night. They really, they got I was talking to Tim Roy, Golden State Warriors radio voice on my drive home last night. They had just finished up their game against Portland. And we were conversing, and, and I, I said to him, I was like, I just don't know if we can beat them. Like, they just match up with us in such a fashion that you didn't feel like we could beat them at all. Now, what's interesting is I went back and looked, and last night our defensive rating was a 117, uh, which was just really bad. Um, we just couldn't get stops last night uh, at all. And... It's our 28th-ranked defensive outing of the night. It's our worst defensive outing uh, since the Pacer game when we just had no legs left. Um, it's I think the season turned, as I talked about, I think, on the program yesterday between Sacramento and Los Angeles when Sacramento ran by us. So it's our worst defensive performance other than that Indiana game since then. Um, we kind of had eliminated nights like that. Last night felt a little bit again um, in that fashion of just on our heels. They're coming at us. They're a little bigger, stronger, faster, and we just didn't have an answer. Um, Which, by the time I left last night, I was like, okay, we we just can't beat those guys. Now, maybe maybe we can't. Maybe Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid are all getting better, and they've they've kind of figured it out. Um, and there were some strange parts on our end as well last night. We'll get into in a second. 
The only concern um, that I have kind of looking at this was the magic number for us was to is to prevent our opponent's fast break points from under, uh, to keep them below 10%. When we keep them below 10%, we're generally um, okay. The, the Sacramento game was the, we allowed a three straight where they, or four straight where the teams went over 10%. And then, um, and then we really have taken that away from people. The Warriors were at 22%. They run a little differently. Oklahoma City was at 15%. Portland was at 10% again. And the 76ers were at 10%. So our transition defense, which for a while in there had people down to 4 and 5%, was not as good last night. Uh, they got out in transition. They were able to kind of come down our throats. Ben Simmons is really something. You know, he's 6'10". You have to kind of guard him with a power forward because he's just simply too big to be guarded by a, a point guard. And then you're cross-matched the entire time. And... And cross-match means you've got one guy guarding one guy on one side of the floor, and he's guarding somebody else on the other side, so you're searching for him. Reddick comes down as this incredible shooter. Simmons gets into the paint. You collapse down to deal with that. He finds Reddick trailing him because Simmons is faster than Reddick. Well, the ball is faster than Reddick coming at you, and he gets these quick threes, and you just haven't had time to mark up. It's, it's pretty impressive, uh, and they looked great last night. They when we played them earlier this year, and now Butler was just getting involved. I thought they looked awful. Um, we went four of twenty-two in that game, and my comment the entire game was they should have been blowing us out of the building, and we were still close. Last night they blew us out of the building. Um, and it's an it's an interesting matchup because, um, and they're getting better. This is probably. You know, something that's worth noting is that over the last 10 games, they're the fourth best offensive team in the league. And when I was prepping for them, it jumped out to me. If league average offense is 107, you take them back to kind of the beginning of December, about December 7th. And these aren't against great teams, but they put up 113, 114 against Detroit, 118 against Brooklyn, 102 against Indiana, who's the best in the league, 120, 130 against Cleveland. Don't have a good game against the Spurs. They lose by 27. Put up a 131 against the Knicks, a 115 against Toronto. They don't do well against Boston, on who's you know the second best defense in the league, or third, 99 point, and then put up a 116 last night. So that they're rolling a little bit. They've had um, five of their top ten offensive games in their last eight games. Uh, so they may be figuring some things out uh, from an offensive standpoint. They also were playing not great defensive teams, but they certainly made us look. Um, like they weren't a great defensive team. And to my point of fast breaks, um, that's the second fewest percentage of fast breaks that they've had in a game since the 28th of November. So maybe we actually did a pretty good job. I mean, 9.6, they've been up over 11, 12%. And that would exemplify that while we actually may have done a pretty good job, that's what a force they are coming at you. What was interesting also about them, and I talked about this on postcast and empty the noggin is two of the things we do best. They don't do. So they don't, um, drive to the basket weirdly. And they don't play pick and roll. Cause Ben Simmons is not a pick and roll guy. They, they only run 35 picks a game. And so the two things that we do best defensively, they, they don't really do They're They're kind of a transition spot up team. And, um, that, that's a, that transition, um, 
doesn't allow, and they kind of freelance, just kind of play open court, that causes a little bit of problems. Um, so they, I mean, that really last night looked like just a team that we couldn't handle. Now, that's not actually true over the years. I mean, last year their defensive rate, their offensive rating was a 96.1 and a 101.2 per against us. Now, maybe they've gotten better. Um, this year their first game was a 109.6, and then this one was a 116.4. So that, they really, you know, we we can look at, you know, where they got their shots and various things like that. It just felt like they had us on our heels um, the entire game in a manner that we we didn't have an answer to. Um, that what their, their offensive actions were things that we weren't handling very well in the half court. Their one-on-one mismatches were pretty continual. Um, we did a decent job on Embiid, but they had so, they seemed to have other so many other options. And then they'd get down court on us in half in early transition, in what to me felt like a lot, but as I just pointed out, compared to what they usually do, was not. Which tells you that we were probably busting our butt a little bit to actually keep it at that level, and then. Um, and yet, it still felt like an awful lot. So they, that's just a, felt like. And I said in the postcast, I'd be curious to play them in a playoff series, because I wonder what they would be, you know, what they might do. Um, they went eighteen of twenty-five at the rim. Twenty-five shots at the rim is not a lot. Um, they went six of fourteen on their little floater range shots. That's just high, forty-three percent, but not crazy. They hit their mid-range shots. T.J. McConnell. Hit those last night. So they had a few more shots than you'd regularly hit, but they still, they just, you know, they hit 10 of 26 on their threes um, above the break. So it wasn't like they went insane, but they just blasted us last night. Uh, So, you know, the Jazz do have an offensive item that 36 games into the season, I'm not sure why it's going on and probably something that has to be talked about. We'll talk about it uh, coming up here in just a second. Uh, Today's show is brought to you in part by Homie. Homie's really an interesting company. Uh, Homie's looked at the real estate market and after uh, some other businesses and that they, these guys have been involved in and, uh, coming out of BYU and getting into their business program. And uh, they actually, their first business was Entrada, which is a, um, is a real is a apartment uh, system deep, uh, business. And Johnny, Hannah uh, came out of BYU and grew up on a farm in Montana. And then in his business school class at BYU, built property solutions, which became Entrada. And that was while they were a student. I think one of the wives, he told me, was when I met with him, was uh, working uh, at this apartment complex. And, you know, there's this line of out the building of people trying to pay their bills. So they started this company and built it into hundred million dollar revenue company did great with it and now he said all right well let's do let's do something big and disruptive and he co-founded homie and homie is here to change the real estate world uh homie's mission is to save customers thousands in commission when you buy or sell a home uh for example an average homie customer saves over ten thousand dollars they recently sold a million dollar home in record time saved the homeowner sixty thousand in commission i mean that's just equity right there uh 199 to list your house Hundred and twenty or twelve ninety nine, twelve ninety nine to close. If you use the promo code LOCK, you end up with um, 
$100 off that. The It's pretty pretty amazing what uh, uh, Jack Hanley, uh, excuse me, Mike, per, Mike and, and Johnny have built. Jack Hanley's their head of uh, VP of real estate. He came over from Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, so give him a call, 801-899-0072. That's 801-899-0072. When you buy a house with Homie, you can qualify for up to $5,000 buyer refund. So if you sell a house with Homie, it's 199 and then 1299 to close. Uh, Homie is selling homes faster than the overall market individual agents. Uh, you not only save thousands, and you've got the entire Homie team there to back you up. That's 801-899-0072. Today's show is also brought to you by Intercap Lending. Steve Carter and my friends over at Intercap, another great Utah company. Um, Intercap's doing really cool stuff in um, the lending market uh, and the reviews that come in make me happy. I I love it when our guys, you guys, go and use our companies and then uh, come back with these great reviews of their experience. Steve Carter is just one of the great customer service people you're ever going to deal with. Uh, I experienced it firsthand. Tanner Lacey says, I worked with Steve Carter. It was by far my best experience with a lender. Steve was always on top of everything, was in constant contact with me and any and my builder to make sure everything was moving along great and was always super helpful. There was one point in the process where we hit a little bit of a speed bump, and not only did Steve help us get over it, he stayed till 8 o'clock on a Friday. This matches my story. We had a... Sp- Key moment, Steve drove to the Zions Bank Center, picked up all my paperwork for me. He's incredible. Uh, 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. What separates Intercap Lending? Uh, They are a direct lender, and so therefore, uh, they actually still have my loan right now. No overlays, no additional requirements. Uh, They can get difficult difficult loans done. Low credit, self-employed business, multiple properties. Uh, they can look, take a look at any loan. 40-year mortgage company now in Utah growing fabulously. 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. All right, let's look at this. Um, Cleaning the Glass is a really interesting website, and they break down a bunch of aspects offensively of the teams. And in the case of the Jazz... It's interesting to me, there's been, there was a lot of people that used to bother Coach Schneider about media. You're so slow, you don't play fast. And, you know, Quinn gave one of these great answers one day about nobody likes anything that's slow. Like, you know, the slow student's not good, the slow car's not good. No one likes anything that's slow. And the Jazz have, in turn, picked up their pace dramatically. Uh, they're now 15th in the league in pace of play, coming from 27th. And we're, you know, Quinn's changed what he does. <clears throat> we'll come and play early offense. And um, it's interesting. I'm not sure it's helping us at all, frankly. Um, our offense has gone from 13th in the 16-17 season to 16th in the 17-18 season to 21st this year. Um, there's nothing in out there that shows any correlation between pace and efficient offense other than if you play possessions earlier, you're supposed to be better, but it doesn't work for an entire offense. Um, So when you look at our offense this year and say, okay, well, what's happened that we've gone from 16th to 21st? It's it's pretty minimal. It's 0.8 points. So we're shooting a little less well. We're turning the ball over a tiny bit more, but somewhat immaterial. Our offensive rebounding is actually up a little bit and our free throw rate's up. So wait a sec. In our four factors... Uh, our shooting is off 0.2, our turnovers is off 0.5, our rebounds are up, 
and our free throw rate's up, and yet we're down 0.8. So what, what's, that seems weird. Our three-point shooting is down, okay, from 37.1% last year in non-blowout moments to 349 Okay, that's, that's a little interesting. Our rim action is about the same. Our short mid-range is down. The little floater range is down. Our long mid-range is way up, probably unnatural. We're the third-best mid-range shooting team in the league. Um, probably going to come back down. Uh, though only Donovan's shooting him, so we kind of have a little bit of the mix where... So you look at our half-court offense, and this is where cleaning the glass is really cool. Cleaning the glass breaks everything in between half-court, putbacks, transition, steals, and live rebounds. So in our half-court offense, uh, we're playing it much less. We're actually better at it than we were a year ago. Uh, by a little bit, but we've gone from 20th in the league to 16th. And... Uh, so it's kind of the opposite of what our overall offense has done. We're averaging about the same points per possession, and we're offensive rebounding a tiny bit better, which probably makes it a little bit better. Um, but so our overall half court, get caught in the half court, our offense is the same to slightly better. In transition, which we're doing considerably more, we've gone from being 10% of our position possessions in transition uh, for from 15, 16, 16, 17 to 14% last year to now 15% this year. And we're, t- we're not good at it. Um, we're, last year, we were the sixth best team in the league in transition at 125 points per 100 possessions. This year, we've gone from 125 to 113. And are gone from sixth in the league to 27th. Where it's most obvious... Our steal rate off steals were about the same. Is off live rebounds. When we, when the other team misses, and we're switching ends of the floor right now, we're 29th in the NBA, and we're actually incredibly almost, we're below a point per possession. We're at 99.3. Last night, we were at like 0.3 points per possession. I mean, almost so bad it skews the numbers. What's strange about this number is over Quinn Snyder's five years as the head coach, the variance. His first year, 14-15, we were the fifth best team in the league. 15-16, we were 30th. 16-17, we were the third best. 17-18, we're the third best. And this year, we're 29th. Now, I don't have the capability of conducting an entire study here and looking at all of our possessions and wondering if maybe it's just quick transition threes aren't falling or what it is about, you know, Ricky's not really a rim attacker and we're maybe we're just not getting out. But we're doing it. What's interesting about that is we're actually doing it more often. So we've gone from 24.5. I mean, literally, we used to take live rebounds and tournament transition from 15, 16, 16, 17, 16% of our possessions. Lowest rate in the league by far. Now we jumped it up to 26%. We're 22nd in the league, so we're, we're no longer in the bottom half of anything. And I generally feel like, you know, you, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is supposedly good, like, to get out and go on this. And we're, we're just not converting it. And I wish I had something more than the number, and I had a piece of analysis, and I could under, explain to you why that is, and I, I really, honestly, I don't. I, I kind of mystified by it. Um, I would say that 
yeah, I mean, I, if I had the capability and I just don't to be able to run some, um, and maybe I could, maybe I could try to find a way to run some numbers on whatever shot clock or I don't know. I mean, I was looking at it earlier. Here's where we rank um, based on, on shot clock stuff. Um, here's where we rank so far this year. Now, the first two seconds of the shot clock are usually offensive rebounds. So if you go to 22 to 18 early in the shot clock, um, we rank 28th in the league, 27th in the league at 55.7 effective field goal percentage. We shoot just 33% from threes early in that clock, which is the fifth worst in the league. Only Milwaukee, Minnesota, Brooklyn, and Phoenix are worse. Um, we take about 11 shots per game in that rate. Um, and five of them are threes. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's a high percentage, um, or really or not. Um, it's middle of the pack. Our two point percentage is, um, in the middle of the pack and our overall frequency in this is in dead middle of the pack, but we're, so we're 18 to 20, then 15 to 18 on the clock, which I'm not sure even still classifies as transition. We do this about the eighth least of anyone in the league. Our overall shooting in this circumstance is middle of the pack. And our three-point shooting is, as you know, we're not a good three-point shooting team yet, is 24th in the league. At that same kind of 33.5%. In that open, so really it's that early 18 to 22 of the shot clock. We're pulling early and not making shots that everybody else is making. For what it, now, I don't know if that's small sample size theater or not. You get to the middle of the shot clock. Now we're talking. Now we're the, now all of a sudden we're running our offense. We're getting our stuff. We're the eighth best field goal percentage team. We're the seventh best effective field goal percentage team. Um, Our three-point shooting is better. Our two-point shooting is the fourth best in the league between five and seven on the clock. And we do this 49% of the time, which is a pretty high rate. Then you get into four to seven on the shot clock and we're the third best effective field goal percentage shooting team in the league. Um, We're the fourth best two-point shooting team in the league and we're the fourth best three-point shooting team between four and seven on the shot clock, when Quinn's offense gets rolling and gets going, we're only in the middle of the pack of doing that. Um, and our effective, now what's interesting is our effective field goal percentage in that circumstance is 57%. As I said, it was super high. 7 to 15 on the shot clock, we're 54%. 18, 15 to 18 on the shot clock, we're 54%. This is unusual. Most teams are not better as the clock goes on. And then the wild one is that from 18 to 22 on the shot clock, we're at 56%. That's that's where teams like just do incredible stuff. Boston, Toronto, San Antonio, Charlotte, L.A. are all over 60%. As are Orlando, Memphis, Miami, and Dallas. And we just don't, we're not able to do that for some reason. So that's the one area where I think we really have to improve our offense. And last night it was, it really jumped out. We had zero points almost in those circumstances. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street. Happy anniversary to Blake and his lovely bride who were at the game last night for their anniversary. Uh, having a nice night. Ben from up in Logan was, Murdoch was, been up in Logan, was down there for the game. He made the long drive and then got a stinker of a game, which is too bad. The, I will give Blake credit. Um, in the efficiency rating of anniversary nights, he left 
with about four minutes left in the third. If I was on my anniversary night and it's an 8.30 start and we're down 20, I'm leaving with four minutes left in the third. I'm, 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 I think that's a good call by Blake. So if you see Blake and Linden today, tell them nice call. Uh, Mer- the Hyundai has uh, got end-of-the-year sales going on for you. If you're shopping for a car right now and you don't have Hyundai on the list because, well, if you're my age, you're probably – it's a little bit that you don't quite understand that brand. If you're younger, I think you guys are smart to, to what that brand means. But if you haven't put them on your list, add that to the list. Maybe you're looking at the Subaru Crosstrek and put the Kona – on the list. If you're looking, you know, at the Ford Escape, then go, um, that's probably a Kona too, or go look at the Santa Fe. If you're looking at a um, Honda Pilot, I don't know if they still make them, uh, go look at the Santa Fe. You know, just add the Hyundai version to the list and make sure you compare and contrast what you can get uh, for your dollar. I think you'll be really stunned and impressed uh, of what shows up at 4646 South State Street. In you also get the Murdoch Guarantees. Uh, of the oil changes uh, for life, uh, excuse me, the safety inspection and car washes for life, uh, plus you get the five-day price match guarantee. It's all at Murdoch at 4646 South State Street. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. A few notes around the NBA before we leave you. I thought last night was really interesting. Um, twofold. There's a bunch of games tonight, 10 games tonight. One, Houston's rolling without Chris Paul. Um, James Harden is having a seven-game stretch that few people have ever had in the league. And he dropped 45 last night, 9 of 18 from three. We got caught in this. His last 10 games, he's averaging 39 points a game. I mean, this is incredible. He dropped 50 on the Lakers, 32 on Memphis, 47 on the Jazz, 35 against Washington, lost to Miami, 35, 39 against San Antonio, 41 against Oklahoma City, and 45 against Boston. This, I mean, his December, he's averaging 36 points a game, five rebounds, eight assists. I mean, he's carrying that team back into this, and they torched the... Celtics defense last night. So really interesting to watch them without Chris Paul with a very limited roster. Austin Rivers has been a great pickup for them. He's playing 33 minutes a night for them. Their offensive rating last night was a 131 against Boston's defense. 
Might be a similar thing for Boston on the Rockets, that they just play this isolation, make you guard one-on-one, you can't use any of your systems, and it doesn't work. Not sure. Uh, Jalen Brown last night, 24 minutes, took 12 shots. Gordon Hayward, 24 minutes, took five shots. Gordon was minus 19. Brown was minus 22. Brown did have 18 points, but Gordon took the eighth most amount of shots of the second straight game on that team. Cannot be happy with that. Uh, Sacramento came from down 15 with about seven minutes left to beat the Lakers last night. Uh, without LeBron, they just didn't know how to close. Kuzma had 33. Brandon Ingram had 22. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch what they do without LeBron. Uh, Lonzo Ball had a great game. 20 points, 9 rebounds, 12 assists. He's got a lot of Ben Simmons to him, by the way. They both just get down the floor so fast. But the score that jumps out to me is Portland-Golden State. Portland had the game in control late in the game. Curry and Durant hit a bunch of threes. They bring it back. They deny Dame on... In over to get to overtime, and then they play overtime in a game that was an eight-seven overtime, and the Warrior and Dame hits a twenty-six-foot three-point shooter, a three-point shot with six point three seconds left to switch a one hundred nine one hundred seven game to a one ten one hundred nine game, and then Steph uh, unable to get it off. Durant ends up taking the final shot, and the Warriors lose at home. To Portland, they clearly have a bit of a malaise to them right now. But it's interesting to me. They lost to us, which I didn't think was that. But they got blasted by the Raptors. They beat the Kings and the Grizzlies. They lost to us. They beat the Mavericks and the Clippers. Close games, though, on both of those. They get hammered at home by the Lakers. And I really felt last night, going into it, was like, okay, this is a night where they're going to come out, do their thing, remind us that they're the Warriors. And they didn't, um, which is interesting. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not willing to go to this like, oh, the, but it does feel to me that there's been a bunch of times this year where the Warriors could do Warrior things and they haven't done them. Uh, and they're just Durant 26, Curry 29, Thompson 15, and then just Draymond 15, but nothing else. I mean, Jarebko gives them. A little bounce in 25 minutes, but just nothing else. Their offensive rating last night was a 96. They're still the number one offense in the league, but Portland really caused them problems last night. And Nurkic, they didn't have an answer for. The one thought I have is we always, I didn't do points game today, is the big guys become so important. And if you do not have a rolling big to the basket, I think it really hurts you. Now, they're the number one offense in the league, so to say it really hurts them might be a ridiculous comment on my part. Um, but it feels that way. It feels, and now DeMarcus is not a great roller, but it does suddenly feel like they need DeMarcus, which is a crazy, crazy concept. They're down to the third best offense in the league. It's very closely. Toronto's 112.6. Houston's 112.5. Golden State's 112.5. Milwaukee's 112.3. Clippers are 112.1. The Spurs are 112.0. Spurs not shooting a three. Sixth best offense in the league. Pretty interesting. All right, that wraps us up. Hope you have a great New Year's. Be safe. I'll talk to you on the second from, I think we'll still be in Toronto. So I look forward to chatting with you. Actually, on the second, we might actually be in Cleveland by then. Um, Second morning, I think we're in Toronto. We're still in Toronto. So I'll talk to you from Canada. Next, have a great day. 
And thanks so much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz. And thank you for all your support in the 2018 season. Locked on NBA should have a new episode with Anthony and Adam. And if you didn't hear Kevin Pelton, make sure you go grab that. Have a great day. See you. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.